Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for joining me for episode number 30 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a reminder, you can find detailed show notes for this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 30. So today we're talking about SEO, search engine optimization. It's one of those topics that just comes up over and over and over in the blogosphere. And I got to tell you, SEO is one of those topics that I have a love-hate relationship with. And part of the reason for that, I think, is that I've been seeing people get away with gaming the system in order to rank higher. And I've been seeing that for years. And it's just discouraging to see that when you feel you're doing the right things and maybe not getting the results you want. The other frustrating part for me, at least, has been how frequently the rules change, the SEO rules. I mean, I I just don't have the patience to keep up with something that changes so frequently, which is one reason why I'm not into uh, offering social media strategy as a service, because I think when you do that, that pretty much has to be like your your only game. Same thing with SEO. I've always felt that if you're going to do SEO for clients, you really have to stay on top of it. It's got to be your main thing because you're going to have to invest so much time and energy just kind of uh, keeping up with what's working, not working, and what the new rules are. Having said that, I do have to admit that there is great value in knowing how to optimize your own website. And I'm talking about your own website for your freelance business, not that of your clients. And fortunately, the time to do that, to optimize your own site, has never been better. And that's mainly thanks to Google's big changes over the last couple of years. And to explain what's happened and what you can do to ensure that more relevant prospects find your website and contact you about your services, I've brought in my good friend, Diana Huff, for this episode. Diana works with small business owners and mid-sized companies and all the way to really Fortune 500 companies, but mostly kind of the small to mid-sized market. And she helps business owners drive more traffic to their websites, generate more leads, and get more business. And over the years, her business has evolved From marketing writing services to SEO to website overhauls to what she does today, which is a combination of all those factors, she takes a much more holistic approach to helping her clients get more qualified leads and land more business. And I've known Diana for, gosh, about 10 years now. And she was always the person I turned to for SEO advice back in the day. And she has really stayed on top of this um, this broad topic and big topic this whole time. She's very, very good at it. It's a key part of what she does for her clients. Um, I will tell you that if, if you're already an SEO pro, an SEO expert, 
this episode might not be for you, but if you just know the basics uh, and you want to brush up, or if if you are okay, um, but you'd like to kind of get a better feel for what's happening and how you can specifically optimize your site, I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Diana's going to give you some concrete ideas and some step-by-step advice that you can start applying right away. So anyway, enjoyed the interview, and I'll come back at the very end with some announcements. So I'm sitting here with my good friend, Diana Huff, uh, all the way out in uh, what New Hampshire, right, Diana? Yep. Plastow, New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's it's very cool to talk with you again. It's, um, uh, you know, you know, I have stayed in touch since, gosh, since I got started um, and you had been doing this for a while. So it, it's really neat to, to be able to share ideas with you, um, you know, even once our businesses have evolved over the years. Yes. Um, and one of the things that, uh, for, for those people who don't know about you, and I think a, a big part of my audience has heard your name, they know about you, I talk about you a lot. See, Diana, like, you know, I'm, I'm always talking you up. But um, Yes, and I get newsletter subscribers from you because they say, I always ask, how did you hear about me? And they say, Ed Gandia. <laughs> there you go. There you- <laughs> so oh, thank for, you. <laughs> for those of you, or for, for those people who don't know about you or what you do, why don't you give us kind of a quick summary of what you, um, what you specialize in these days? Well, I help small businesses uh, grow their companies or grow their businesses through an improved uh, web presence. And by that, I mean, I help them with their websites. So I, um, uh, I don't do any of the design. I work with designers, but I do everything else from the project management, the strategic uh, positioning, messaging. I write all the copy uh, and I just I just oversee the whole thing start to finish because so many of these small businesses, they just don't know what they're doing because um, it's just become so complicated now. It has. It has. So you, you've kind of taken a, a more comprehensive uh, approach to, to helping a market, not just what do you need written. It's, it's the bigger picture. Yes, because it's not so much what do you need written. It's more... Um, where I, I tie in all the sales lead stuff. So, you know, how are your sales coming in? How do people hear about you? What's your lead generation? What other marketing tactics have you ha- ha- are you using? Just how do we tie all this stuff in and have a real strategic um, plan in place before we even, the writing's the last thing I do. Gotcha. That makes sense. And of course, a big part of this is the search engine optimization part of, of things. Right. So, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. This is something you've been doing for a long time. I think this has been kind of a constant in your business. Yes, actually, I just wrote a blog post on it because, you know, Jill Whalen uh, hung up her hat last week. And so I wrote a blog post about how I got started. And um, I got started back in 2001 when uh, Google AdWords. Uh, I don't think Google AdWords was a big, I was using Overture and that is when I learned, it was a bid process and that is when I learned that um, people were using Marcom Copywriter to find me versus Freelance Copywriter and Ed, I said it right in my blog post, it was like, oh my God. Because <laughs> I never knew, I never knew. It was amazing. That was the first. That was my first introduction to it. Overture. That's a term I haven't heard in forever. That's like saying Netscape. 
Yes, exactly. Because they got bought by Yahoo. So, um, but it, was, it used to be GoTo, and then they changed it to Overture, and then Yahoo bought them. I think in two two thousand and three or four or something like that. So, you know that that got you hooked, and I can see why this has continued to be a big part of what you do because it is an essential component to what you're doing today. Um, I guess one good place to start this discussion because today we're talking strictly about not you offering SEO uh, as a service necessarily. That's a whole separate discussion, but really about your own website as a freelance writer uh, and what you can do to optimize your site. So one thing I know you've been writing about recently and talking a lot about has been how SEO has changed just in the last three or four years. So tell us a little bit about uh, how that's changed because I think I'm still kind of stuck in 2009, 2010. Okay. Well, first off, um, the biggest change that's happened uh, is that Google no longer provides keywords in the Google Analytics uh, report or in, in Google within Google Analytics. So last year, they started off where they, um, uh, if you were logged into Google when you were doing a search, your keywords, so say I'm searching for, I don't know, restaurants in Plastow. Uh, and I are Mexican restaurants in Plastow, and I hit on the only Mexican restaurant um, that they they would not see my keyword searches in their Google Analytics because I was logged in. So that was called not provided, and uh, it quickly became I because I analyze a number of um, sites for clients, and I could see it was ranging anywhere from thirty to fifty percent. So all of a sudden, um, it was very difficult to tell if your quote your SEO was working or not because you couldn't tie things back to keywords. Yeah. So um, then, just I think in the last uh, two weeks, three weeks. A month, anyway. Very recently, Google just came out and said we're not returning any keyword data, data and that's to protect people's uh, privacy. Uh, but so now you don't know what keywords people are using. And on top of all of that, Google is now using semantic. Um, they get so semantic search. So I don't know if you've noticed when you do searches, but the results that you get back don't exactly match the keyword phrases anymore. Google is taking a really good guess on what you're looking for based on your previous search history. So all of a sudden, ranking for a keyword is ludicrous because it doesn't work that way anymore. So Google is basically saying, I think I know what you're trying to look for. We're not even going to look for what you said. We're going to look for what we think what we you're think, trying to say. Yeah. And so if you look, if you notice... Um, often your the searches that get returned to you aren't exact matches with the keyword phrase that you put in. Now, of course, if, if you're kind of a power user and you do things under quotations or use brackets and things like that, um, is that still that that I will do that? And I also have um, I have well I have three browsers, so I have Safari, Firefox, and Chrome. And um, some, if I want what I call a clean search, I'll often use, I only use Firefox for when I want something really clean because I don't have any search history in it. Okay. But let's face it, right? The average user out there is not going to do that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Google is basically trying to get smarter and trying to predict what you're looking for. And, and they're trying to give you a good search result, a good search experience. Gotcha. Based on, I mean, an honest uh, assumption of what you're trying to do, not 
based on what other you know vendors are trying to pay or anything like that. Exactly. Okay. So you know, so any other big changes? I mean, those are pretty massive. But anything those else? are pretty massive. Um, and then um, also, there's the whole penguin and panda, and uh, you know, basically uh, all the all the tricks that people used to use to try and get things into the search engine. So all this keyword stuffing and all of these writing articles based on keywords and all I I call it diarrhea content so <laughs> that's that's pretty much says it all yeah so all this you know junk that was clogging up all the search engines like all the e-zine articles all the e-house I mean some of that still comes up but it's quickly falling off so um, you know there isn't much you can do now to to scam the search engine you know, it's interesting. Uh, um, Carol Tice of MakeAlivingWriting.com recently posted, I think last week actually, and we're pre-recording this, but uh, recently she posted a, a, an article about how the content mills are just dying off very rapidly. Yeah, I read that. You posted it on International Freelancers, right? Yeah. Wasn't that yeah, interesting? Yeah, that was a good article. She had some really interesting analysis there about how basically Google, because they're getting better at this and kind of... Um, bypassing and skipping all this diarrhea content, as you call it. Um, it. It's not creating a viable business anymore for these content mills, which is just designed to churn out uh, content for the purposes of ranking. ranking higher. Right. So that makes sense. So, so essentially, I mean, wh what's your analysis of, of these big, big trends over the last? Where, where's Google going with, with oh, all this? Well, thank you so much, because this is I'm, this is what excites me the most. Um, it, what Google's forcing people to do now is be strategic and do real marketing. So <laughs> I call it old-fashioned marketing. Um, and I actually posted um, Eric Eng. I think that's how you pronounce E-G-N-E. -E. He writes, uh, he works at Stone Temple Consulting and he speaks all the time on SEO and Google. He's fabulous. You can follow him on Google+. He posted a presentation last week about the changes that Google's been making and what it means for marketers. And he basically said, um, you have to be a better marketer. <laughs> and I was like, woohoo! And so I posted What a concept. I, I know. And I posted, so I reshared his, I shared his um, presentation and I wrote that. I said, so what Google's basically saying is you need to go back to traditional marketing. And he um, agreed with me. So I was, I, I, I was very happy. So basically what it means is um, all that content that people are producing, you know, all this content, it's nothing new. It, we all did it before the Internet. All these case studies, white papers, reports, surveys, all this stuff was done before the Internet. The Internet has just made it much easier to, dis, dis, to distribute it and for people to find us. So all that stuff is still really, really important, but instead of creating it just so you can get found in the search engine, create it so that you can, um, Google really wants to see people do something with your information. So whether they're downloading it, plus wanting it, commenting on it, sharing it, they want you to create helpful information. So in order to do that, you really need to know who your customers are, and why you're creating this content for them. Okay. That, Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. I mean, conceptually, it's, it's, this, it's, is, this is what should be happening. Marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So 
Um, I, it seems like what was happening, and tell me if this is a, a, an accurate assumption or, or analysis, is it was an imperfect system. I mean, it always will be, but people figured out because it was imperfect, they would figure out how to game the system. Right, and, and, and plus it was all keyword-based, so there was this heavy reliance on keywords, and uh, Google's just basically wiped all that out. I mean, I... I you know, there's this huge sucking sound. It's all these SEOers going out of business. Because what are you going to do if you can't base everything on keywords? True, true. Okay, so um, content and relevant content, all these things that should have mattered anyway that we were doing before. Now that's the stuff that's coming back in terms yes. of importance. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about, let's kind of come back to a solo business and a business writer, a freelance writer. Uh, what should we do? Or let's start with what we should not do, first of all, since we're kind of going down that road anyway. Um, well, what I, don't, I think for small businesses, it's harder to what not to do because most of us don't know what not to do because... Uh, you know, like there's no more, and I've never, I've never known what black hat tactics are or any of that kind of stuff. Um, I would say basically don't get hung up on keywords because they don't, uh, people, you know, people call me all the time. Oh, I need help with my keywords and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you know what? It, it's keywords are important. Here's what I tell people. Optimize your site around the keywords that uh, you think people would use to find you. Um, and I say your each page of your site um, should have a unique title tag, a unique description tag. And that's because think of your uh, site like a filing drawer. So in your file drawer, you have different file folders and they're all marked or they should be. So you can find things, correct? Mm -hmm. Well, you need to have uh, a unique title tag on each page of your site so that Google knows how to index it and put it in its vast filing system so that it can call it up again when someone does a search. So uh, you can, uh, and this is nothing um, technical or new, you can actually download, Google has this great report called the SEO Starter Guide. If you just type that into Google, the Google's SEO Starter Guide, it's a free PDF. I think it's 30 pages long and they explain how to do title and description tags and why you should do it very clearly and you can do it all yourself. You don't need to hire anybody. It's, it's not rocket science. Any writer can do it. And they show you if your site is on WordPress, for instance, where you can... Um... That they don't do, but that's a good question. So if you're using WordPress, uh, there is the Yoast SEO plugin, and uh, that's where you put in your title and your meta description tags. So you, you don't need to know any coding or anything. Okay, so if you're using WordPress, you have to, you have to upload the, um, that plugin, that Yoast plugin? Yeah, there. Well, I think there's a. There are two of them. There's Yoast, and then there's another one. I forget which one it is. But there are two main ones, and I don't know if WordPress itself has functionality now. I use the Yoast one because it's called. It's called the SEO. It has social media attached to it. So um, if you download it. Uh, and you can go over to SlideShare. I have a SlideShare presentation on how to configure your Yoast plugin. But the reason why I like it is because if you configure it 
correctly, you can also make it so that um, you do the, what's it called? It has to do with Facebook. Um, oh, what's that? The social Facebook. graph? Uh, no, it's Facebook. So basically what happens, if so, uh, because I have this enabled in Yoast, if you come to my blog and you, li and you like one of my blog posts, you automatically become a fan of my page without liking my Facebook page. Interesting. Okay. Yes, I forget what it's called, but it's creepy, but I love it. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it works for that. Also, within the Yoast plugin, you can very easily add your Twitter card. So, if you look on Twitter, a lot of people have this thing called, um, I think it's called Summary. But if you click on it, it shows your uh, post and it shows the picture, and it's called the Twitter card. Okay. So you can enable that. So it's just another little bit of functionality. And uh, it has some other bits. You can go through my slide share. But that's why I use it, because it has all this different functionality attached to it. And by the way, we'll include a link to your slide share presentations here in the show notes. Okay. Um, but um, uh, if, if you know it offhand, do you, do you have kind of a short URL for it? Uh, well, it's slideshare slash dianahuff.com. Or slideshare.com slash Diana Huff or slideshare.net. Yeah, it's, I just looked yeah, it up. Slideshare.net forward slash Diana Huff altogether. Yep. And Diana is two ends. Of course, we'll, we'll include yep. a link okay. in the show notes. But this is a quick way for people to get there. You got some great presentations there. Oh, uh, thank you. With some, with some screenshots, make, it makes all these things a lot easier. Yeah. So okay. that's so so to go back to the title and Meditech. So that's the first thing that you should do is um, make sure that all of your title tags and description tags are unique to each page. And then um, also the other thing you want to do is uh, connect up your webmaster tools with your Google Analytics because you get different information within each one. And within uh, webmaster tools, Google will tell you if you have duplicate title or meta tags. Okay, okay. And it will also tell you if you have broken links. Which is very useful once your start, site starts growing. Yes. Okay. So that, well, that's also it tells you. it also tells you if you have broken links coming into your site. Ah, interesting. That's happened yeah. to me, yes. Yeah. Okay, so so title tags, description tags, and so forth. Uh, so that's definitely something we should do. You gave us a couple definitely. of resources. Anything else? Well, then, um, in terms, of, so the, to go back to your original question was, what should they not do? So uh, that um, well, I'll just stick with what they should do because um, uh, what to not do. I mean, that's all kinds. There's all kinds of. I don't think anyone's not. Oh, I know what a big one is that people think they should do: creating microsites. So that's a uh, um, Google doesn't want that. Uh, so like. Uh, Client, I had a client that had eight different sites, all um, just because he thought he was, you know, if you typed his name into Google, um, all this different stuff would show up. And Google's really cracking down on that. And plus, it, it reduces um, or dilutes your quote link juice and all this other stuff. So have one site and drive everything to it versus having all these other different sites. Gotcha. Now, I know some people do this, and they don't necessarily do it for SEO reasons, but they have two very different audiences as a writer, 
And, well, that's fine. Right. So, so they have, which unfortunately when you do that, you dilute your message or your SEO juice in a way, cause you have to divert traffic to dif- two different well, sites. Plus, yeah. And plus it's double the effort. <laughs> it's double the effort, but you know, sometimes the benefits of having them separate, I understand outweigh the, right. The other right. Benefits. But also, I mean, just, you know, having, um, just think carefully about what you're doing. So, you know, I used to have two sites. I had my, um, DH communication site. And then I had my Marcom writer blog and they were two different sites. And, uh, when, when traffic to my blog outstripped traffic to my regular site, that's when I combined them. Interesting. Yeah. And that brings me to my next point of what you should do is definitely have a blog. And, um, I'm going to, People seem to think, like, you know, you need a blog, you need to be copy blogger, you need to be tech crunch, you need to be mashable, you need to be making all this money and getting all this ROI and being famous. Nothing is further from the truth. What I tell all my clients, so I'm in business to business, uh, I tell all my clients, I, re- I recommend that they have a blog and that you write on target. So by that, I mean write stuff that's going to bring in your target audience. So if you notice on my blog, I write a lot of stuff that I I call it meat and potatoes. It's not sexy. Um, (laughs) it's It's what brings in a lot of my traffic, and it's what brings in the people who hire me because all of that stuff is showing up in Google. Got. And by the way, where where is your blog today? What's the URL? It's dianahuff.com. Okay, so you have meat and potato type content there. How do you know? I have tons of how-to content, tons of it. Uh, Just to show, one, I'm trying to show my expertise, and two, I'm putting out valuable information so people, when if they're interested in hiring me, they people call me all the time and say, "Oh, you obviously know what you're talking about." So I'm the and I think I read this on one of the articles you posted don't write for other bloggers write for your target audience absolutely and this yes, is a message don't worry that's... yeah don't worry if you're not you know tech crunch or mashup don't worry about it how I mean I always it always comes down to this for me exactly how many customers do I need yeah <laughs> well <laughs> what happens Diana is that I would say 90% or more of the advice that you hear out there in terms of blogging is for people who want to build a blog in order to generate income from that blog. Right, but I don't want to. I want to generate income from my service, which is website overhauls. Exactly, but that's not you know what's being taught out there. So right. when you do it the way we're supposed to be doing it as service professionals, then it's a whole different approach. It's about two things. You're right, I, I preach a lot about being a... Um, a way to build credibility when somebody arrives at your site and starts scanning your content. Right. And then another one, like you said, it's a way to attract the right kind of people to your site. Now, you said earlier, hey, don't don't worry about keywords, but how do you know um, what to write about and how to phrase some of the stuff if, if, if you're not worried about keywords or if keywords are no longer relevant? So speak a little bit to that. That's a great question. So what I do, I write about is um, I write, I answer questions that people ask me when they call me. Ah. Yeah. So I just keep, uh, you know, I, well, I have it mostly in my head. But anytime anyone, and I used to not do this because I thought 
this stuff is so basic, you know, people are going to think, you know, that I have no idea what I'm talking about because it was so basic. I, I get the most basic questions and, and, you know, now I just um, answer them. And if I see issues, like if I see like if clients call me or prospects call me and I'm looking at their site and I see things, I just note it. And then at some point it becomes a blog post. I try to um, let a few weeks go by so that the prospect doesn't connect my blog post with their phone call. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I take note of the questions people ask me. I... Um, Constantly, you know, I'm on the web all the time. So anytime I see things or uh, I'm just constantly looking for topics to write about. Okay. Where I see that there are issues. And just by doing that, that's smart. I mean, it's, you're doing what we talked about a little earlier is you're being a little bit more um, natural and authentic and, and approaching the whole process in a more organic fashion, which is what Google is trying to do. They're trying right. to match those questions with the right content. Right. Not the and the other thing you can, oh, no, I was going to say you can't do that anymore because all the keywords are gone. But the other thing, too, um, in terms of content, uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Well, it sounded like it was going to be brilliant. Oh, I know. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> where to go again? <laughs> it was, um, oh, I ask people. I send out surveys. So I survey my e-newsletter readership, and I ask people what they want me to write about. Ah, okay. Perfect. So if they want you to write about it, obviously it's something they want to learn more about, which then makes it more searchable out there. Right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So that's really smart. Uh, and, and even if you think, oh my gosh, well, this is so basic or what, I mean, it's, it's might be basic to you. The real thing is, is it helpful to your audience? Right. Exactly. So, you know, I, I sometimes, you know, go back and look at some of my posts and think, oh my God. <laughs> Like I've got all these screenshots, you know, here's how to read your social report. Here's how to do this. Here's how to do that. It's all this really basic how-to information, but people seem to love it. Now, I guess in your case, so you're dealing with a lot of technical things for the person like me. And for example, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting into any of that stuff. I'm, I'm writing for my clients. So would it make sense for me to write about uh, some of the internal stuff on how to approach these projects? So, so in other words, how to do some of this research, how to maybe uh, you know edit smarter, how to put these yep. pieces together and more uh, more efficiently. Yep, that's act. That's actually very good because um, I'm going to be doing a blog post on. Um, on a site that I just redid from one of my clients. And I, I finally realized that one of the things I don't ever write about is how do I come up with the idea? Um, how do I structure the content within a site? And I realized I don't write about it because it's so ingrained in me and so natural that I have to break down my own writing process, which is hard. Um, but that's, you know, that's something you can do. Like, how how if you're a content writer or if you're a copywriter, um, and you know how how do you come up with your ideas? How do you recommend things to customers to your clients? How you know just where do you come up with your strategy? Yeah, because the the whole idea is really to um, to be helpful, even yes. if you end up doing the that work yourself. So, I, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I love this um, this comparison. Uh, I heard that Home Depot actually makes more profit 
from doing it for you <laughs> than do it yourself. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, but how do they how do they give it away? Where they they give away all these clinics and all these courses and right. all this information, but well, and here's how I so okay. So here's a good thing too. So there's all this how to information, and you know, and I own my own home, and I always have to go and you know something always needs fixing. So one day, um, my garage door wouldn't close, and it was because that little eye thing was off. So I have an automatic garage door opener. So little eye thing at the you know, at the, like at the bottom level, it was, it wouldn't stay in its place. So the door um, kept going back up. So I went online, how to fix the garage door, right? And I found out there was a, a whole instruction thing on how to fix this little eye. I could not get it fixed. Oh, it was driving me crazy. So I call the garage guy, the garage door fixer guy. He comes out, he fixes it in two minutes. It was a $95 call, right, for him to come out. He said, well, while I'm here, um, why don't I just give your whole garage door a tune-up? <laughs> so, uh-huh. <laughs> so just because you put all this how-to information out there, sure, there's going to be people who are going to take it and run with it and maybe even steal it. I don't know. I don't care anymore. What it does is it shows that I know what I'm talking about and it brings people in the door. That's a key point. Don't worry about giving away your quote unquote secrets. Right. Um, so th- the way you get to the right kind of clients is by giving this stuff away and knowing that some people are going to take it and run with it. But you have to be okay with it. Right. Exactly. Because I could have fixed my garage door and, you know, but I couldn't. And so, and it's the same thing with everything. You know, um, something always needs fixing around here. I'm always typing in how to fix and I find videos and I try and I just give up. It's like, just calling the guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So two things, um, really helpful, uh, how to information that's relevant to your audience, even if you think it's silly or two basics or or, or whatever. And then the other thing is, um, this is more of a question. I know a lot of people get freaked out when they, when they uh, launch a blog and they got four or five posts there already and zero comments. Is this something to be worried about? That's that's another good um, thing of what to do. So in this Eric Ng um, uh, presentation that I mentioned um, earlier, uh, he has in there, his, his recommendation was build a community. And that is something that I figured out um, over time, like within the last year, I really started noticing this. So what uh, I don't worry about how many comments I get. Uh, I, but I make sure that I am getting comments, um, that I am getting retweets, that I am getting shares. I don't worry about the numbers. And what I've done is I've really started focusing on those people who are coming to my blog and I always welcome them. I always thank them for coming. Um, I'll go on Twitter and thank them for leaving me a blog comment. Um, I follow them on Twitter. So uh, I've noticed that people will come to my blog, leave a comment, and then they'll follow me on Twitter. So I'm always sure to follow them back. Um, I just try to build up this community. It's, it's, it's like, and again, I'm not Mashable, you know, I'm not TechCrunch. I don't have, you know, bazillions of people retweeting my stuff, but I have enough 
that it's showing Google, it's sending that social signal that here is someone whose who's content people are interacting with. And so if you go to my blog, um, there I actually have two posts sitting there, part one and part two, about how to use the social report. And so all of this um, social activity is really important because Google is tracking it within Google Analytics, within the social report. So I give um, all the how-tos on how to uh, configure that report and how to read it. You, you brought up a... a- a very important point, which we haven't really touched on, which is how social is impacting search results. So well, I know I know this absolutely. is a huge. T- so that so that brings me to my next thing that you should do. You definitely you must you have to you need a Google Plus profile. Google Plus. Oh my God! So uh, Google is um, first off. Um, I've seen all this data now that says uh, when, so you know what Google Plus is, right? Your little face, your picture shows up next to your search result when you write content? Yes. So, um, and that's why I use the Yoast plugin too, because it allows you to very easily set up your Google Plus profile. I mean, it allows you to make it so you don't have to do all this configuration. You just put your Google Plus profile URL into the plugin. But anyway, so um, uh, there's all this data that shows that the Google, when you when your picture is next to the search result, um, it gets higher click-throughs. And I've read up to, um, last year I read it, that these the click-throughs were up to like 150%. So, um, and then on top of that, everything that I have read and watched says that Google, and I've seen it, is Google is pushing all the Google Plus stuff up. So the more people you have in your circles, the more that people are plus wanting your content, the more they're sharing it, not just on Google Plus, but across all the other social media properties, the higher your content is going in Google. Interesting. So you're saying that when you say the picture, if I'm searching for how to fix my garage door, Mm -hmm. um, and let's say that someone I'm connected to in Google Plus I've wrote something on that or has searched or plussed something on that topic. Um, that will, that will come up. Yes. Okay. Well, right now it's all videos. Um, do something different. Let's say, um, a let's B2B lead generation. How about something like that? Cause you and I are kind of in that B2B lead generation consultants. Yeah, so uh, Judy Carroll, she's number one. I'm not logged in, and her face shows up right next to the search results. Okay. And is that someone that you are happen to be connected to? Uh, no, but if you're logged in, you'll get a whole different set of results. Gotcha. Okay. So what you're saying is, uh, well, f- well, first of all, G- Google+, Plus, just go ahead and, and, and get an account, get a, get a profile. You don't necessarily have to be active in Google Plus as a social platform in order for this to be effective? Um, well, it helps if you are. <laughs> okay. You don't want to ignore it. And the other thing when you set up your profile is you want to make sure that you have a link to your blog and you want to have a link to your About Us page or your About page. Okay, perfect. And that for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, because you want them to you know, work with each other. 
And you're saying that by doing that, it increases the chances that maybe when a prospect of yours is looking for something, that not only will you search one of your articles or a page on your website up, but then your picture is shown right there next to the result. Right. And if you were posting this content to Google Plus and people started plus wanting it or commenting on it or resharing it, that just makes it go up higher. Okay. So then all those factors, including a picture of someone uh, and the fact that everyone's kind of liked it and, and said this is yeah. relevant, this is good stuff. It just but, a really but it's also it's in, in it, it's not just Google Plus. It's all of the other social properties. So even and I'm not saying go out and you have to be active and, you know, have bazillions of people following you on all of them. Just that Google wants to see that people are interacting with your content. That makes sense. Again, they're just trying to make this a lot more natural and really what it should be. Is this stuff relevant? Uh, do people believe that? Are people that? commenting on it? You know, so are people resharing it? Um, you know, and so, and to get, and to go back, you asked, you know, what should we do for not getting comments? What I would do, and do this in a very natural way. So um, what I've counseled people is, uh, you know, so, you know, there are all the big gurus out there, you know, the big, the big names and everyone follows them and you try to get their attention and they're really busy and if you're a little person you know they don't pay any attention to you um, so instead of going after those big fish go after the medium-sized fish <laughs> so go after go after people who are really smart and just start getting to know them naturally just follow them on Twitter read their blog every once in a while leave a comment they'll start noticing you they'll follow you back and then next thing you know their posts they're writing about you in your their blog posts interesting I think that's yes. smart and if you do go after the smart people yeah and, and do it in a natural and authentic in way. In a very natural and authentic way. And just, you know, just find, I say, five, find seven, ten people, because it's harder to do more than that. Even ten is hard. Um, five, seven people who you think are really smart. And just start following them. All right. And comments. Let, let's talk then, just to kind of wrap up. Yeah, because it's getting... It, well, yeah. in, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who's trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to do this? This is a lot. There's a lot of different things. If you were to advise someone based on everything we've talked about, you know, maybe kind of a little um, action plan of sorts, what would you advise them to do in what order? You know, so uh, this yes. is not going to happen overnight. First, Correct. This does not happen overnight. Um, one, um, give yourself six to 12 months and don't beat yourself up. That'd be the first thing. <laughs> <So> <laughs> second, make sure your site is optimized. Download the Google SEO starter guide. Do exactly as it says. Um, don't get all hung up on the keywords. Just make sure you have unique title tags and meta tags for each page of your site. Start a blog. When you write blog posts, you, um, if you have whatever plugin you're using for SEO, you can write uh, a unique title tag and a unique description tag for your posts. When, now, what I do on that, I, um, I do um, think about you know, getting it found in the search engines. This is the last thing I wanted to tell you, and I'm going to be very quick about it. But when you write those title and description tags, write them for social. Because you know when you post something to Facebook or when you post something to Google+, the little description shows up with it, right? Yeah. So, so the description tag should be 
don't it should be to don't get stuff it. It should actually make sense and be compelling. Well, I use it. Yeah, I use it to get people to click on the article. Uh-huh. I use it as a call to action of sorts. So anyway, do all that and um, have your blog and then start writing content geared toward your audience, geared toward your prospects. And um, to start, you know, at the same time, find three or five people who are really smart that you can become friends with and just start following them and getting to know them. And um, it'll just, it grows over time. I want to ask you one question that I think I kind of missed uh, earlier on when you were talking about keywords, which is what if you're kind of getting started or maybe you've been at it a while, like you had in in 2002, 2003. And you're not sure if people are using copywriter, marcom writer, marketing writer, business writer. If you have no access to that information anymore and you need to write some title tags and so forth, how how, how do you know? You actually do have access. Within Google AdWords, you can use the Google Keyword Tool. It's for, you don't have to buy AdWords. You can open up an AdWords account and use that tool. So you still have access to the information. You just don't know if the keyword you're using is the one people are using to find you. Oh, okay. I thought they had shut that tool down as well. So that's still available. I don't think so. No, because they need it for Google AdWords. Okay. So at least, you know, you, you can, if you have those questions, you can use it. And yeah, by the way, just... Also, some of those keywords will show up. Um, apparently, Google's still showing some of them in webmaster tools, which is why you should link your analytics and your webmaster tools together. Okay. So you can just do a Google keyword research tool if you Google that term. Yeah. Google that term in Google. <laughs> it will. <laughs> yeah, it's in the Google AdWords. Uh, uh, just open up an AdWords account. Really, you don't have to buy anything. Okay, I, I don't even. Uh, I I can get in there without having my AdWords account uh, open. Oh, okay. So, um, but yeah, that's good. I I didn't know that uh, you could uh, that that they it kept that. I thought they had taken out. Yeah, no, it's just now you just don't know which keywords people used to find your site. Okay. Makes sense. Okay, so this sounds a little bit more doable. Um, Okay. And I I feel, and you've given us some great stuff because now, you know, especially I know you were kind of course about all these changes and of course I've been seeing all this stuff and it's just overwhelming, but it's great to know that this is actually good for us, good for people who really don't have the time, the budget, or the desire to start uh, creating all this diarrhea content, as you call it, right. and play all these games to try to game the system and try to artificially raise your uh, your ranking. So I think this actually helps people like us. But it's it's actually it's natural marketing, and I think it's it's great for people like us because it's it helps us. It's it enables us to do what we do now naturally and that's connect with other people absolutely so diana um where can people learn more about you where should they go oh dianahuff.com dianahuff.com and your blog everything's there everything's there super and then the slide share is slideshare.net i looked it up uh, forward slash diana huff and again two yep. n's two yep. f's perfect yeah i have a ton of i have a ton of presentations there I'm looking at them here. This is great stuff. You got quite a few views on some of these. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, just produce helpful content. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Diana. This is oh, this is really good, welcome. and I think it's it's very useful. And I I love how you explained it, kind of in a plain English format, which is severely lacking out there. I think. Well, thank you. 
Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that interview. If SEO is something you've been meaning to focus on, um, but you've been putting it off, I hope that you take Diana's advice to heart. And as she mentioned there at the end, give this process six to 12 months. This is not a short-term fix. This is not an overnight thing. And follow the simple steps that she's outlined. And again, the good news is that there's never been a better time for solo business practitioners like us to rank higher because much of the old tricks that we've been seeing for years are no longer relevant or effective. So we get to benefit from the new rules of SEO. As a reminder, you can grab the detailed show notes to this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 30. These are detailed notes to make great reference material. We reference all the links that we gave out in the show. And it's a great reference later if you want to review what we discussed. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd be very grateful if you shared it with friends. And the easiest way to do that is just go to the show notes page, b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 30 or b2blauncher.com forward slash love. And that makes it very easy to share that page with others and let others know about it. And also, if you've been enjoying the show, I would be very grateful if you would give me a quick star rating or a sentence or two in iTunes. Ratings and reviews helps expose the show to people who would otherwise not heard of it so they can benefit from the information as much as you have. So if you've enjoyed the show, if you've gotten value from it, I'd appreciate it if you just take a few seconds and leave me some feedback there on iTunes. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I am your host, Ed Gandia. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have an awesome day. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.